the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word Faith Christian Center here in Sunday, San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called being imitators of Christ. The Bible teaches us that we ought to keep our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. By watching Jesus, we can seize and or get a grasp of what we should be like and what we should act like. The word seize means to grasp mentally and to understand clearly and completely. Well, Jesus gives us clear and complete understanding about how a child of God is supposed to conduct themselves in life. Through watching Jesus, we can get a grip on how we Christians should and should not live this Christian life. Through watching Jesus, we can get a solid grip on how we should and should not conduct ourselves, how we should and should not speak, and what kind of attitude or attitudes we should and should not have, what kind of temperament we should and should not have, and what our actions should and should not be now that we're living our lives in Christianity. All these things matter to God if we're going to represent Him properly like we're all supposed to do. So since it matters to God, then it should matter to me and you too. That's why being imitators of Christ is what we are all told by God to do. And now that we're Christians, it's what we all should always endeavor to do. So without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called being imitators of Christ. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Turn over to Hebrews chapter 3. I'm going to show it to thee. Praise God. Because once again, I believe walking people through the word to show what I teach. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm walking through the word. I'm going to give you scripture after scripture after scripture so you know it's true. So you know it ain't this little brown round brother up from out of town talking to you. You know this is the word that I'm bringing to you. Hallelujah. Ain't no private interpretation. I'm going to show you clear information so that you can know exactly what God intends for you. Straight out the word. Hebrews chapter 3. Let's start reading at verse 1. We're going to see here what the saints of old were called. The saints of old, not old saints, but the saints of old. We're going all the way back to the original church. The one that, that was the first church that rose up right after Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Praise God. The church, the ecclesia or ecclesia, depends on which Bible school you went to. You know, one is hood and one is suburbs. Praise God, depends on what you went to. But it, it means the same thing, the called out ones. When the church was formed, we're going to find out what the people of the church called each other. We're going to look at what the people of the church called each other. That when they saw each other, this is what they said about one another, or this is what they said to one another. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. It says, wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. You know that heavenly calling, I said we're called unto holiness. Partakers of that heavenly calling. Consider the apostle and high priest of our profession. 
Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. So Jesus was faithful. He was the high priest, the one that's hooked up back up with the father. He was the apostle, the sent one, the one that was sent to me and you to be able to rehook us back up and teach us how to live hooked up life like we're supposed to. Praise God. He said he was faithful, dependable, trustworthy. He was always doing what it is he's supposed to do. He was always doing what it is that he's supposed to do. Praise God. And then we were supposed to live out the same life as him too. They were living it out. That's why they said, wherefore, holy brethren. I like that. See, they didn't just say brethren. They said, holy brethren. Holy brethren. Speaking about what they see. Speaking about what they were supposed to be. That they supposed to be holy. See, the church right now, we're too busy just being brethren. God said, let me take it back to the beginning. Let me take it back to the prototype. Let me take it the way that it was walking the way I wanted it to walk. They were holy brethren. Which means when I see you, I'm supposed to see a holy brother. When I see you, I'm supposed to see a holy sister. When you see me, you're supposed to see somebody holy. Not ho-ish, holy. Come on, conjugate the verb properly. Are you listening to me up here? Not ho-ish, holy. Hallelujah. We're supposed to be holy. Holy, holy, holy. It's supposed to be you and me. Because that's the way the brethren was back then when they see. They called each other holy. That word holy means separated and different. My God, I like that. Separated and different. That's what we are as holy. We're supposed to be separated and different. Now, when we got boned again, with a mighty burning fire, we got separated right then. We got snatched out of darkness and brought into his marvelous light. And we didn't even have to fight a fight. All we had to do was receive what Jesus did for me and you. And he set us free, separated from the where we was and brought us in. We wanted to be and live this thing out like he wants for you and me. We got pulled out of darkness into his marvelous light. We got separated from the devil and attached to God. Praise God. We got snatched out of sin. Now we live like Jesus is our friend. Is anybody hearing me up in here? Separated part is already you and me because that has already happened for you and me. We already been separated. But what about the second part? Because it's separated and different. I said separated and different. The problem is, is many of us have been separated from a world that, but we ain't different from that world. See, the brethren are supposed to be not just separated from the world. We're supposed to be different from the world. Which means that the way the world do what the world do, we don't do like that because we've separated and different. See, a lot of us are just satisfied being separated. God said, no, I want you to be separated and different. That when you look at the world and look at you, they see a difference between the two. That when you look in the world and they look at you, they're supposed to see a difference between the two. Because you are holy brethren, separated and different. That's why we don't dress like the world. Come on, don't let the amens drop on me now. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't walk like the world. We don't talk like the world. Come on up in here. Because we separated and different. We don't live like the world. We don't give like the world. We don't do none of that like the world. We don't get tat like the world. We, oh, don't, don't drop on me now. Praise God. We don't, get it, we, don't, we don't get everything pierced like the world. And then show everybody how it's pierced like the world. Don't get mad at me while I teach real good. Now you was amen. And is your amen still working? Let me hear. Is it working? All right. It's working. So that just means you refuse to use it. Praise God. We don't, we don't, we don't do none of that like the world. Now when we was in the world, we didn't know no better. We was ignorant. Me unlearn. Praise God. We didn't know no better. 
But now that we're in the world, we, we don't walk like the world no more. Now we holy brethren. Hmm? Is your amen still working? We don't drink like the world. We don't stink like the world. We don't live like they think in the world. Come on up in here. Did it get quiet? Because we separated and different. Can I go a little further? We don't play like the world. Y'all getting quiet on me. We don't lay like the world. And we sure don't wake up, wake up in the morning and say, what's your name again? Like the world. Does anybody hear me up in here? Hallelujah. We different. We separated and different. Can I go a little further? We don't miss church like the world. We don't not read our Bible like the world. We don't not serve God like the world. We separate it. Come on now, we ain't nothing like this world. At least that's the way it was then. That's the way we're supposed to be now. Because they could tell that the Christians was in the house. Because they was different than everybody else in their house. See, there must be a difference. Otherwise, why in the world would they call them holy brethren? They weren't lying on each other. They weren't saying stuff that wasn't true about one another. They was only saying what was real about one another. Exodus 22. You know, the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. And the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Which means everything that's in the new already existed in the old. It just wasn't seen as clearly. But when you understand the new, you can look back at the old and say, ooh, ooh, look, there it is right there. Because God ain't changed nothing. See, we don't have a new God in the New Testament. He didn't tag in from the other one and stuff like that. In the Old Testament, you got one God, and then they tagged in, and then his tag team partner picked up in the new. And he do things a little differently. You know, usually when you have a tag team, you have one that's one way, and then the other one that's another way. Like you might have some big brutish dude that like bust some folk up and dogging folk. But he got a little quick, wiry partner. Praise God. Hallelujah. We only got an old mean, hard-headed, hard-hearted God of the Old Testament and then a new kind God in the New Testament. We we'll have one in the Old say, don't do this, don't do that. And one in the New say, you can do whatever you want to do. The devil is a liar. The new, the Old is the New concealed and the New is the Old revealed. Exodus chapter 22. Start reading around verse 31. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Because God wanted those who he delivered to be holy people. I said God wanted the ones that he delivered to be holy people. He always wanted folk to be different. Let's start reading at verse 31 of chapter 22. It says, and ye shall be holy men unto me. Of course, can I put a pause button right here? He was delivering, he was talking to the people of Israel that he had just delivered out of Egyptian bondage. Because they were still in the exodus stage. They still was walking on their way to where God had in store for them. And so he had delivered them. And so now he's going to teach them what I expect of you. He's going to teach them what it is I got planned for you. Because you ain't never had a God like me. So now that I done set you free, let me talk to you about what this freedom is going to be. Now that I done set you free, let me talk to you about what this freedom is supposed to be. Verse 31, and ye shall be holy men unto me. Now this is deep. Everybody say, give it to me. Notice, we're going to read that right after he told them, you're going to be a holy people unto me, 
he began to explain them about what they should and should not do. What they would and would not do. Ask me why. Because that's what was going to determine their holiness. About what they should and should not do. What they would and would not do. Let's read about it. He said in verse 31, And ye shall be holy men unto me. Didn't he change sentence? Put a colon behind it. Which means everything behind this is the list of an explanation of things that I expect of you. So that you be holy. Neither shall ye eat any flesh that is torn of beast in the field. Ye shall cast it to the dogs. Thou shalt not raise a false report. But put not thine hand with the wicked to be an unrighteous witness. Quit lying on folk. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> Thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Because you know the rest of the world is doing evil. What's the rest of the world doing? Mm-hmm, like it ain't nothing. But thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. Neither shall thou speak in a cause to decline after many to rest judgment. And he says some other things that we ain't going to list because I don't want you to get caught all up in the weeds trying to figure out what he's talking about. Just get the overview of what he's talking about. And that is, he speaks to them about what they don't do and what they won't do in order to be holy like he intends for them to to do. He talks to them about what they won't do and what they don't do. That's because our holiness is going to be recognized by what we don't do and what we do do. (laughs) Let me change that. What we don't do and what we won't do. That's what our holiness is recognized by. What others will do, we don't do. That's the way that you can tell that we're holy. Is that the other That's one of the reasons why God was coming to teach his children right here, children right here, I mean the children of Israel right here, that now that you with me, now that I've delivered thee, let me narrow down what you do so you can be the people that I want you to be and live this thing out like I want you to do. Because back when you was with them, you lived all this. You lived all that and some. Praise God. But now that with you with me, I want you to bring it down, narrow it down to this kind of life right here. Because see, right here, you're doing anything and that thing. And back to work, when you're in the world, the world say, it's all right. It don't matter what you do. In fact, the world say, if, if it make you happy, I'm happy too. The world say, if it, if it feel good, do it. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. I can't tell you. Who the socket to? That's what the world say. Is anybody hear me up in here? The world tell you what love got to do with it. Got to do with it. Got to do with it. What love got to do with it. That's what the world will tell you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Love got everything to do with it. And God say it was your thing. That's till I paid for your thing. Now it's my thing. Is anybody hear me up in here? God say know ye not that you are purchased. You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your spirit and body which are God's. Anyway, before we were living all out here. But God trying to narrow this thing down, saying, now that you're with me, I want you to be holy and live this in here. Here's the parameters I'm going to give you to be able to live your life. Here's the parameters I'm going to give you to be able to live out your life. Now, Satan knows that this people right here are a powerful people. And so what he's trying to do is introduce what's called liberal theology. See, I study theology. I teach theology. I understand all this stuff. That's why I can tell a lie from a mile off. Praise God. You, God has blessed you with a pastor that can tell a mile from a line or a mile off. So if I say it's wrong, baby, it's wrong. Well, you ain't God. Shut up, fool. I'm after God's own heart, and I understand what it's saying. Is anybody hearing me up in here? You just rebellious and don't want to line up. Hallelujah. 
I can tell it a mile off. It's called liberal theology. See, God gives you what's called orthodox theology, which means according to the standard. It's, it's right according, in line with what the standard is, the accepted standard that God has provided. But, but the world want to come in what's called liberal theology because the actual word liberal means changing the boundaries. The actual word liberal means changing the boundary. So if a person say, I'm a liberal, then that means you're a person that will extend the boundaries past orthodoxy. You'll extend the boundary past what they should be. Because see, if God say, this is us right up in here, and anybody comes in with a liberal theology, they're going to change the boundaries to include this. Oh, this is okay too. Oh, this is okay too. Oh, the, the devil is a liar. This is what God said is okay. Because within these parameters, you're going to be powerful. And the devil know that. That's why the devil tried to change the boundaries so he can weaken you. Let me give you an example. See that light up there? Like we can choose any of these lights. Let's use these lights. Any of these lights up here. Please. Do you know that that right there, that light can cut through metal? Do you know that light right there can cut through the hull of a ship? That, that go, the ocean vessel that goes out to sea, a battleship. That light right there, see it? It can cut through a battleship. Now you say, well, why ain't it cutting through the metal that's right there? Because it's diffused. Because it's diffused, which means it's been spread out. And it's been allowed to be able to move in a spread out manner. Taking its power away. Taking its ability to be able to do all the things that it can do away. But if you take that same light, don't add a single bit of light to it. And you narrow that light down to a tight little stream. It becomes a laser beam. And it'll cut straight through any metal. It'll cut through anything at that point. Because that light is powerful. It's just been diffused. Why are you giving me this science lesson? Because I want you to understand, scripturally speaking, that Satan is trying to expand the boundaries of what we're supposed to live our lives in. In order to diffuse the power of the church. To be able to rip off the power of the church. And allow the church to just be a nice little light. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. God never intended you to have a little light. God intended you to be a laser beam. That will blow through anything that the devil do. That will take that punk out. Right where he is. Is anybody hearing me up in here? But. So Satan to try to bring into the church liberal theology. It don't matter what you do. It's okay. It's all under the blood. It's called grace. It's just grace. Just don't worry about what you do. The devil is a liar. Grace was what was presented to get you through the door. But once you get through the door, holiness is what you pursue. So that God can begin to start telling you this part of your life is them. That's not me. This part of your life is them. That's not me. This part of your life over here is them. That ain't got nothing to do with me. So you can fuse that, bring that thing in and become the powerful person that God wants you to be. God's going to raise up a powerful church at the end. And the devil knows it. That's why he's trying to diffuse the church with liberal theology. That's the opposite of what God has to say. So that you can just be some cute little light. Just some cute little light. Just cute little Christian. That don't want to offend nobody. Like that light don't offend nobody. Like if I didn't even point to it, you wouldn't even know it was there. Just like Satan wants a church that it's like they're not even there. Because they have no power. They don't demand attention. They don't speak about what's right. 
They don't speak about how things ought to be lived out. Because he knows that that church is the one that God's coming back for. And that church is the one that's going to cause a mass exodus of other people from Satan's power into the midst of the church like it's supposed to be. So he comes and try to defuse it right now. Look at somebody else and say, don't let the devil use you to defuse the church by telling them that everything all right. Because the devil is a lion his breath stank. Tell your name, let me smell your breath. Let me smell it. Let me smell it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I can see what you've been eating. Let me smell your breath. So I can see what you've been swallowing. Because if you swallow, swallow crap, we're going to be able to smell it on your voice. Smell it on your, on your mouth. Tell them, come on. Give me, give me, give <laughs> We're in Exodus chapter 22. God wanted those who he delivered to be holy men. That's what he said. Verse, 20, verse 31 of chapter 22. It says, and ye shall be holy men unto me. And then he began to start telling them what they don't do, what they shouldn't do. That's because our holiness is going to be recognized. How we don't do and how we won't do what others will do. They'll be like, you used to do it before. Say, but I don't do it no more. Because I'm saved now. I'm holy, baby. Come on. I used to do that little run at night with you. But you don't do that run no more. Now you need to walk away. Well, that's all that we have time for today. We trust that you are blessed by what the word of God had to say. I hope that you're seeing that one of the many things that God wants all of us to do is to be imitators of him in all that we do. I hope that you're not only seeing that that's what he wants us to do, but that we do what it is we need to do to become imitators of God like he wants us to do. We should do everything we can do to learn how to and do what we learn to do to become more like the God who loves and who saved me and you. Now that's what I'm going to do. I hope you do the same thing too. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to get it out to you ASAP. If you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come visit us at Word of Faith. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation and you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. Don't forget, we also invite all the sisters in San Antonio and surrounding areas to a wonderful event held at Word of Faith SA tomorrow morning just for you. We invite all the sisters in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship tomorrow morning. It's an all-you-can-eat breakfast at the Brothers from Word of Faith. Prepare for the sisters of Word of Faith. That's the best breakfast in town. It's one of my sisters that you don't want to turn down. Then after we feed you naturally, we're going to feed you spiritually too. With a powerful word from God, straight from heaven, just for the sisters. That's including you. There's no charge, but a free will offering will be taken. It starts at 9.30 a.m. sharp and it ends at 12 noon. Don't be late. That's if you want to play. 
Childcare is provided at no charge. Later on, VIP transportation service is available for this too. Don't miss this awesome opportunity to allow the brothers a word of faith to treat you like the queens you are by preparing for you and serving you a breakfast fit for the royalty you are. So come on through and bring a couple sisters with you when you do. You'll be so glad you did, and they will too. So come on through and let the brothers a word of faith be a blessing to you at the Blessed Women of God Breakfast Fellowship this Saturday morning at Word of Faith SA. I guarantee that you'll be blessed. And don't forget, saints, make sure that you're in church on Sunday. If you're not at work, every child of God needs to be in their father's house on Sunday. There's absolutely no substitute for being in church, fellowshipping with other believers, and worshiping God in the house of God. I believe every born-again believer should say what the psalmist said when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. So if you can be in church on Sunday, then be in church on Sunday. You'll be blessed when you do, I guarantee you. And to all of you who've been a blessing to us by sending words of encouragement by a letter or email to us, sharing with us that you're being blessed by the messages and that you're praying for us, I want to say to all of you, thank you. And to all of you who've been so kind to send financial offerings in support of our ministry, we want to say to all of you from the bottom of our heart, thank you. You blessed us in ways that we never asked or expected you to do. But the Bible says, God is not mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he so reap. Well, since all of you have been such a tremendous blessing to all of us, writing words of encouragement to us, praying for us, and even sending financial support to us, we know that God's not going to be mocked concerning you. God's going to do for each and every one of you what he said in his word that he would do. That is, he's going to make sure you reap what you've sown. So we thank God in advance for all the blessings that we know are coming your way because of your being the blessing that you've been to all of us in each and every way. May God richly bless all of you for blessing us as we endeavor to do what God has called us to do, that is be a blessing to a blessed people like you. So once again, thank you for being a blessing. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast next week for more of this life-changing word we're in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.